magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 581. Um, this is a makeup episode because we weren't around last week because you went to Minnesota, if I remember right. Is that where? Yeah, I had some work stuff to do. I was up in uh, work stuff, Minneapolis. Um, how was that whole trip thing? I was good. Um, I don't know. Minneapolis is fun city it's nice being somewhere that has like good restaurants instead of Knoxville <laughs> restaurants you know but uh, yeah is it flying in... is still awful um oh, airports man. are still awful um, i haven't flown since last year's orlando trip oh well you're not missing anything let me tell you um, i'm gonna drive to orlando this time no you're not that's crazy so did we uh, remind me did we talk about uh my apple vision pro demo experience the last time we recorded or did that oh happen no the last time i recorded was um it's like the day you could the start day it came out right yeah you could start like scheduling yeah so i think that saturday the following day we went and like just ran a bunch of errands in town and um walked into the apple store at the mall that um we were at you know doing mm-hmm, dumb mm-hmm. bullshit and um you know, I just asked the girl, I was like, oh, you, like you guys aren't doing demos of these, are you? Like, is because at the time it was, it was b- before they announced that you could schedule them. So I don't think you could schedule them until like Monday or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah so I was yeah. just like, well, let me see if I'll, I don't know. I'll probably just tell me to go fuck myself, but yeah, I can just look at one or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we're walking by. So I might as well ask. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. We can get you in, in a half hour. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, up. cool. Wow. Um, so I did the whole demo, um, and and the the problematic part was the demo. So 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 basically, all right. Well, I'll, I guess I'll just walk through how it all works. So it's, instead of trying to do this in dumb bits and pieces, so like basically, you walk in, uh, you tell the person like, "Hey, I want to want a demo." They they have a whole appointment schedule uh-huh. of demos, which I guess now you can just do this part online and just show up like when your time is right. Uh-huh. So. You get there and they um, have you um, down, like you scan a QR code to open up a thing in the Apple Store app, or I think it was the Apple Store. It was one of the Apple apps on your phone. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And you do like this whole face scanning thing, oh, right. which I think is like part of the ordering process anyway, right? Where you like. Yeah, we talked about that when pre orders opened, that they made you do that before you could even like select a variant of, of hardware yeah. and stuff. So they have you you go through all that because that's what's determining like what size um like face shield or I guess mm-hmm. there's a little, I didn't realize there was a ton of varieties in those, but apparently mm-hmm. there's a, a shitload. Um so they, they do all that and they take your glasses and they pull your prescription off your glasses on like this machine that can read through your lenses basically. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and then you sit around for like, I don't know, 15 minutes while they uh put like your specific kit together based on mm. like your face measurements your glasses mm-hmm. prescription 
and everything mm. else, which I was like, damn, that's I 100% not what I was expecting. Like I was mm -hmm. expecting like, yeah, okay, here, you, you can put this thing on for 10 minutes and we'll walk you through a couple things that it does and then get mm -hmm. the hell out of here, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like, no, that like custom version that, that they set up, like they can also just like put in a box for you and have you take home. Or, or that wow. was the case when I went. I don't know what the retail stock is like right now. Right. But um, but yeah, I was sitting there bullshitting with the guy and I was like, surely you don't have any of these to buy, right? And he was like, oh no, like these demo units, like you can just, if you like it, we'll just, you can have this one and just take it home. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like how hard was that? <laughs> well, so here's I feel the thing. Like if they did that to me, I'd be like, yes, just here's, give it to here's me. Here's the thing though, that, like the, the demo <laughs> did not, $3,500 worth knock my socks off is the problem, yeah. right? So yeah. sat around for a while and I was bullshitting with the guy and I was like, yeah, I'm super jazzed about this. Like, you know, I'm pretty into VR headsets just in general. Like, I think VR stuff is cool. And every time mm -hmm. I said something like that, he, he you know, of course, this Apple isn't VR. Points, this is... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I, I feel like these guys had to have gone through some kind of training thing where they're given like the talking points and the responses of stuff. Right. And when, yeah, because I've noticed like anytime I said VR or virtual reality or compared to other headsets, like the dude was very quick. Like his, you mean spatial computing <laughs> consistently was like, well, this isn't virtual reality. It's, you know, a spatial computing, um, <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know, you, it's, it's not a VR headset kind it's of thing. It's an yeah. Apple thing. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't remember exactly what his response was, but it was like very regimented, consistent, mm -hmm. correcting me on like this is not a VR headset that you're yeah that you're trying. I'm like, okay, like fucking whatever, dude. Like yeah. Know, it is what it is, right? So um they have you they, they eventually bring it out. Um the the way you hold it is is weird because like the um actual like face mask Parts. I just put my other headset away. I was going to show it to you what I was talking about, but like the, the like light shield and everything else is just mm -hmm. attached with magnets, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're like, they're like very deliberately, like before you, they even let you touch it. But okay, here's how you pick it up. You grasp it by like the front mask and the back strap. And like, I don't like this. whole That time seems like, like a huge failure right off the bat because know, how many that's... people are just going to grab it by whatever they grab it yeah. by? Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's exactly like all I could think of as they were walking me through this was like the whole like iPhone four you're holding it wrong thing. Yeah, you know as as it's so all right, frustrating the Apple's like this sometimes. I know, and, and that's that's like to me it's just like I think this is what annoys me the most about Apple is like their and I don't know if you could call it like a hubris thing or or whatever mm -hmm. else, but like they it seems like they're always getting themselves into these like weird self inflicted kind of like corners where it's just like, why did you make it like this? Like, I, I understand yeah. that you have an infatuation with magnets and like everything's graceful right. and everything else. But like at the same time, like there's definitely like a, a functionality difference that comes mm -hmm. with some of these design decisions sometimes. Oh, a lot of the time. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, if you grab it by, you know, uh, where you're not supposed to grab it, it just falls on the floor. <laughs> like, right, right, right. That, that seems crazy yeah. to me um mm. so i don't know so they have you put it on like as part of the um the calibration stuff it does with your eyes initially is is really cool because like so i had um you know it had prescription lenses in it and like when i first put it on, i was like oh wow this is kind of like way more blurry than i was expecting it to be like with how clear mm -hmm. they were saying and like, i was like all right now here's the qr code for your glasses prescription look at this and then like as soon as it read the qr code like you heard these like little 
like there was something going on inside of it and i just got like crystal clear and like whoa which i was like holy shit like that that was really cool yeah um and then they have you kind of like you you look at all these they calibrate your eyes you look at all these different points kind of like around a clock more or less yeah and then like you know do your finger tappy thing uh yeah the whole time and i I thought it was it was pretty natural as far as kind of like doing the the finger tap Uh motion uh um uh the the one thing you have to just kind of be aware like initially i like had my hand like facing kind of down on the table it was doing it but it seems like it works way better when your hands like up and it can see need to see like all your fingers and stuff Hmm. um so what they walk you through the demo i think everyone that's curious about this should just go do it i mean like it took Mm -hmm. you know when take into account like the time that i spent kind of like you know, cause you go check in and they stand around mm-hmm. for 15 minutes and they bring you back to the thing. And then they uh, got to get your measurements and all this stuff. Uh, and that takes another 15 minutes and the demo is like a half hour. So like all in, all in about an hour to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the demo, they kind of like, they, they kick off with, um, you know, like, okay, cool. Now you're in, you know, spatial computing, like you can see around you and everything else. And like the mm-hmm. pass through, I thought it was okay. You know, it didn't, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, like to me, it wasn't um, it wasn't a kind of like believable version of reality. You know, you still kind of like feel like, OK, I'm looking through cameras on this. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, it's nice. The screens are really mm-hmm. good. Um, they kind of like walk, they walk you through photos first. And it's like, all right, we're loading up the photo app. Just look at it. Do the kind of pinchy thing. It, it loads up and mm-hmm. everything else. Like That's all cool. And then, so they show you a photo. The photo loads up just like in a virtual screen in front of you. Maybe mm-hmm. you swipe. And then you're in a panoramic photo where you're kind of like able to look around. And that was that was pretty cool because mm. um, it surrounds you. And then the next one, they show you the spatial video stuff. Um, they for, first show you one that's shot with the Apple Vision Pro and then one that was shot with the iPhone. And mm-hmm. like, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like there's probably areas where one is better than the other, but I kind of found mm-hmm. that like the iPhone one looked a little bit better, but I, I mean, they might be very similar. It's hard to hard to really tell i was just kind of surprised that the depth seemed better on the iphone shot one is it sort of like when you do a 3d photo on like facebook or something like that and you can like mouse around and it makes it seem 3d or well no because because it's like full stereoscopic um you know vr spatial Mm -hmm. computing sorry um you know you you experience (laughs) like like real depth like you're Mm. um you know that, that you're you're looking through it right like it's 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 pretty eerie because they have you watch this kind of like um the the demo video is like you're like a parent shooting like your kid's birthday party and the kid's like they're like everyone's singing happy birthday and the kid like blows yeah. out the candle like that was in the demo vi- the keynote i think yeah it's the same the same video <laughs> basically um which i don't know i, I you know t- to me like that um so, so you do these demos and kind of like a pod of people and like the guy was sort of like directing, mm. um, you know, what, what other people were doing or maybe there's other people. Everyone was kind of doing the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there was another person that was demoing it and they were like really overwhelmed by um, the spatial video thing. Mm. And it kind of I almost wonder if that's like the eureka moment for like normal people mm-hmm. is like. Mm-hmm kind of like putting the pieces together of um live photos being really cool Mm -hmm. but you know it's still just what like a second of motion or whatever and like a little bit of sound or something like that as opposed to like 
this is like a whole new way to see like family videos kind of you know mm, yeah and it, it's a little a little kind of too it's it's weird because it's like the same uncanny valley that the um uh the the facetime personas or whatever they call those kind of exist uh -huh, uh -huh. and that it's like you have this 3d effect and it's believable but it's there's still this like it's still just like off enough that it feels yeah. like you're kind of like watching this kind of like uh, like sci-fi recreation of this moment you know it's just like uh. i don't know it had this like real kind of like um like minority report <laughs> sort of like dystopian future kind of vibe while yeah. at the same time being extremely cool yeah no i understand you know, like, what you're saying and it's huh. it's it's weird because like I, I feel like what we need to land on with this maybe this is already the case i have no idea it's like some kind of like open standard for this kind of stuff to where it's like the new um you know like what is it h264 video or wh whatever codec mm -hmm. like you know was the the good one or maybe still mm -hmm. is the good one i don't know mm -hmm. but you know like the open codec that everything uses you know basically the video equivalent of like a jpeg file mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. I feel like we need to land on that for kind of like the next thing of video so people aren't getting kind of like trapped into proprietary formats for these kind of things, you know? Yeah, totally. Because I think like like sharing this kind of stuff would be really cool. And like I spent a lot of time thinking about like this functionality specifically because, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I think I've talked about it on, on this before. I did a legacy box for like oh, right. digitizing VHS tapes, you know, and it's like, so many of like uh, you know a lot of the moments that i have of like my late father mm -hmm. uh are just extremely shitty yeah. vhs videotapes you know with, yeah. with like tracking issues and you know mm -hmm. like also i mean you, you watch it and see, it's, like, see what's happening and stuff but it's just mm -hmm. like i don't know i spend a lot of time thinking about like how crazy it would be to have those moments in like high fidelity like yeah. vr 3d kind of i mean thing, you know imagine a funeral for somebody where everyone has their headsets on and you're all like reliving well, all these life moments of that person or something yeah but then, like but that. then you know i was thinking like like fuck like are, are people gonna like uh i don't know i i could i could i could see something like this being like very challenging going through yeah. like the grief process almost you oh, know like because totally. like yeah because like you know when my dad died it was like i have you know, like photos on my phone and like some of these like VHS videos and stuff. But, you know, other than that, it's, it's gone, you know? I mean, that's just mm -hmm. like the reality of, of stuff mm -hmm. as opposed to like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here with my Apple Vision Pro on watching hours of lifelike yeah. video uh -huh. of my dad doing innocuous things. Like, oh, let me just record us playing a board game in full yeah. VR, right? And I'm just yeah. like sitting there across the table from like a person that's dead. Yeah, that's I don't like know. It's healthy... Like, it, it seems like and and then you know when you add in all this other stuff that's happening with um like uh ai generated like video content and everything else like it just really mm -hmm. like i don't know it, it's it, not to get sidetracked on the demo but just like like this is what i spent like the, the car ride home thinking like we are entering an era that is going to be very challenging for people to deal with in these like very weird ways that mm -hmm. i think all of these like converging technologies are going to kind of enable, you know? Or think of like a breakup with like a box of physical photographs that you can like get rid of and move on. And now you have all these weird interactive videos and photos of that person. Yeah. Like, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, and then you know, like the question is like, how much of this content 
would you need captured to be able to feed into one of these different AI generative things yeah. where it's just like, oh, now, now Siri yeah. is your late father or whatever, you know, like, or, <laughs> yes. or whatever else, you know what I mean? Cause, cause like shit, yeah, I mean, like, like when you think about it, like we are like genuinely on the cusp of, okay, this is believable VR video, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you combine all these like new chat GPT things and the, the video mm -hmm. production stuff, like, and you had enough like text-based communications through, you know, text message, email, the like video stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. like you could like really do some black mirror bullshit, and it's like yeah. no longer science fiction, yeah. you know, like it's like wow. a real thing that that seems super possible now, yeah, um, which is weird. But that anyway, so after the demo, after that part, they <laughs> anyway. have you, they have you watched um, uh, the Super Mario trailer. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the Super Mario movie uh, 3D trailer, mm -hmm. um, which yeah, it was cool. It was, mm -hmm. I didn't, it, I thought the 3D effect of it was pretty mediocre because you're like watching mm -hmm. it in, um, you know, like a, a screen uh, or augmented reality screen, but the screen has a little bit of depth to it, but it's not like mm -hmm. a ton. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, they have you do like the AR experience sort of thing where, um, you're you're watching like full blown 360 video more, or less, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that was really cool. You know, but that that's always like the thing is like this kind of stuff that they show you in the demo. Like all of these things are cool in all VR headsets, right? You know, it's just a matter. There's of nothing like, that was Apple specific, like yeah, cool and, just and, to and that. Yeah, and and like the the thing is the um the the spatial computing stuff that they do show you in the demo is like so just like i, I you know if it vibed a lot to me like when the ipad was new and um they were like oh you can use all your favorite iphone apps you just run them yeah. at 2x like that yeah. is that that exact vibe is exactly how all the spatial computing stuff felt to me it was like it was like well i mean yeah you can load up the photos app and it just sits in this window in front of you and right. this weird VR pass through thing and you know, have you load up a few different apps and kind of like space them around. Mm -hmm. and, and that was sort of cool, but it was, you know, like, it, it, I don't know. It's just like not the killer app, I think for this kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know what is the killer app and it doesn't seem like anyone's super close to figuring that out. Well, I think, you know, like you were talking about earlier, how Apple, um, kind of expects you to do things their certain way, which is kind of ridiculous or whatever. But I think they've built up confidence to when they got rid of physical keyboards on phones. That was like the end of them, mm. right? Like ne that would never fly. And then people got used to it and it was actually good or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I think they're not always right, but I think that's their wheelhouse of like taking something. And now it's not weird to have like AirPods in your ear. It's not weird to pull one out. It's not yeah. weird to have transparency and people know what that thing is. And so if you have headphones on and you're talking to someone at Starbucks, like they understand that you, you can be heard even if it's still kind of rude, you know, whatever, like stuff like that. So I think what we've been saying all along is like, this is the beginning steps, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that they're doing these mass demos and they're making it so accessible to something who just happens to walk in an Apple store. That's key for all VR, because we've both talked about this before too, where you didn't really get VR until you tried one on. Yeah. And yeah, for a long 100%. time, it was like, oh, I can't wait to go to E3 and I get to try a VR headset again, you know, because I'm part of the game industry and I get to. And beyond that, it was like, unless you had 
five grand of buying a crazy computer and the headset, um, which I guess is kind of the case with the Vision Pro. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a nerdy niche of people that would be able to try VR up until it became more affordable. And now Apple reaches a way more mainstream audience of people that would be like, oh, a, a headset thing and I can demo it and let me try it or, you know, whatever. Yeah um instead of like more enthusiast types like us so that's a good thing and i think well i don't know if it's a good thing but i mean it's a thing that um will make this sort of thing a vr headset more acceptable to just regular people i think yeah. well so one thing that um i, I want to i think mkbhd put up a video one, one of these guys this is not an original thought i'm just you know, this is a youtube video i watched i thought was pretty interesting is that he pointed out that um there's like the Apple Vision Pro is an extremely isolating device right now and that there's like mm -hmm. nothing that you can do that's collaborative with any anything or anyone. Like even if, mm -hmm. you know, even if you were a two Apple Vision Pro household, there's no way for mm -hmm. you to like sync up and watch a movie together or mm -hmm. like uh, share any of the uh, augmented reality experiences that are currently available on the App Store. Like, you know, there's like apps where you can spawn uh different 3d things in the world They're like the the demo that i've seen a lot is like a full 3d version of like a formula one car that you can mm -hmm. kind of pull in and then like open the hood and look at the 3d engine and all this stuff but like that only mm -hmm. exists for you mm -hmm. like even if even if you know you had someone else that had an apple vision pro in your household or your company or whatever that had the mm -hmm. same app installed like you don't you can't look at the same it, car <laughs> not, yeah like none of it's collaborative like the, your yeah. your windows that you create are for you only and mm. All sorts of which I feel like that is, and, you know, these are software problems, right? So they're fixable, mm -hmm. but it's just a matter mm -hmm. of like, it feels like that is a weird sort of thing that this doesn't do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is kind of weird, especially when beyond like gaming, one of the big like sell selling points of VR headsets in general has been collaborative business stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't do any of that with a Vision Pro, then why are you going to buy that instead of a $500 yeah, it, Quest or whatever? And like when, when you think about it, you know, like Apple has the ecosystem to to do this kind of stuff now, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. so say, for instance, you're a multi Apple Vision Pro household, you know, you've got a few AirPods and you've got an Apple Music account that's shared across your family. Like, why is it that you can't keep your Apple Music window in your kitchen or whatever? And everyone can interact with it. It's playing yeah. on your your AirPods right. and yeah. or I'm sorry, your um home pods. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Um, you know, just stuff like that, that seems makes like sense. like it needs to needs to happen before this kind of before Apple can make the argument of like, oh, this is the next iPhone. Everyone needs right. one. You know. Right. But again, you know, it's what around vision OS version one point oh one or whatever the fuck updates <laughs> yeah. came out. So I think the big argument right now is that I don't think Apple cares about that right now. I think we're in baby steps mode and mm -hmm. them getting this out there. And maybe that's part of why they don't care that it's super expensive and it's like meme worthy price is yeah. because they're like, we don't really care how many we sell right now. We just want to get them out there. We want to have people to be able to demo them. And then in a year or two, when it seems way more normal and the prices start coming down and more people have them this ecosystem will kind of like coalesce yeah. into something good. Cause I think that kind of happened with the iPad too, on a much smaller scale. hundred percent. Yeah. We've we talked scale. about this where it's like, yeah, this is exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly what happened. 
And I don't know, you yeah, know, for there, a long there's... time you were like the guy that had an iPad and it was like, whoa, let me see that yeah, thing. And it was yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I almost kind of wonder if the uh, price point was a little intentional on Apple's part because they knew yeah. that the only people that would be buying this are the hardcore early adopter crowds that would probably cut them a ton of slack on all the, you know, well, you spend five grand right? on your headset, you're going to talk about how awesome it is, no matter what yeah. you think about it, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that before too, that Apple is pricing it crazy because they don't care that they sell a million of these. Yeah. Well, um, also, did you watch the iFixit teardown videos at all that they posted? Uh -uh. No. So these, you should, because this thing is uh, kind of nuts on the inside. Like it is, I there's bet. so much stuff that's packed in there that's like taped and, um, uh, you know, like all kinds of like weird cables that connect to other stuff. Like it just seems like, my takeaway with the teardown videos I saw was it just seems like there is a ton of potential savings that Apple could do by just like simplifying yeah. the construction of this thing from like a manufacturing and an assembly point of view, because like, yeah. like dude, like watching the iFixit person uh, tear this thing apart, like it felt to me like you were watching someone like take apart like a wristwatch, you know, like as far as <laughs> all the super duper, like weird little tiny pieces that all uh -huh. go together and stuff where, Whereas like, you know, the, the iPhone teardowns now are like almost boring to watch because it's yeah. like, there's oh, a screen, the there's case, a board, okay. there's a battery. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's like, here's the screen. Okay. Here's the camera module. This is a little different mm -hmm. this time, but like, other yeah. than that, it's right. four parts that, you know, are glued together. Like, what do you want? You know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that'll come right. And like, mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, I think it was the iPhone, like the original iPhone prototypes that they've showed where it's just like weird wires going to a screen and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, that stuff happens and and there's for sure going to be some streamlining in the engineering of how this thing is built, which will go towards making it smaller and lighter and better and whatever. Um, so, yeah, that will make a huge difference, too, I think. Yeah, but it's kind of it's been kind of interesting talking to the people, the few people I know that have them, that have mm -hmm. their own. And it gen it seems like it squarely exists in kind of like the novelty mm -hmm. world right now, which is kind of exactly what I was worried about and yeah. why I didn't buy one was like, I just didn't want it to be a, a dust collector that curious visitors check out, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I could see, I don't know. I just don't with two little kids and stuff. I don't have enough me time to zone out in a headset. Right. But like, if I didn't, I could totally see, Oh, it'd be awesome to just like watch a sick movie on a humongous screen, totally isolated or whatever. Um, I just can't do that sort of thing, really. I can barely play a Steam Deck. So well, but I mean, even even in a normal household, you know, like say you know, you and Pam like didn't have kids, you know, it's not it would mm. it would be very strange to me, like at our house for me to just be like, you know, sitting on my chair in the living room next to Lindsay being like, okay, bye, see ya. I'm going to watch, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> I'm going to watch Mario now or whatever. Like, that's just you like have fun with whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that's dumb too, because you could be like, look, wait, I got us both headsets so we can both, oh, wait, no, we can't. So, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Um, I don't know. I'm still super, I'm super geeked on this thing still. Um, not enough to go buy one. I'll, I'll try and do a demo if I can. Um, I think yeah, you should. Checking. I mean, honestly, just you know, book a book a time slot and show up and and check it out. I mean, you might as well. I think like, the the main sort of theme I kept seeing from people that have been doing demos or that have gotten them is that um, 
it felt more unfinished than they thought it would. They felt like mm-hmm. it was very kind of beta-y, um, which I thought was interesting for Apple. But it also kind of makes sense if what we're talking about is true, that the, they just care about these baby steps, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the other kind of thing that I thought was was that felt weirdly beta-y about the actual like spatial computing um, element was that your windows are always like on the front. Like, and it was like kind of weird because it was like, occluding stuff that is like so hard to describe like so like based on where it was positioned it seemed like like when i was looking across the table the person demoing immediately across from me was closer physically than the photos window was in the ar space but the photo window like rendered on top of that person does that Uh, make sense like the windows are always sort of mess with your depth kind of uh, yeah, sort of, sort of. I mean, it, it didn't, I don't know. It, it seemed weird um, mm. in I that, like that being weird. It, it just, but, but at the same time, I feel like it would be such an enormous challenge to figure out like, okay, what should live on top of this window? You know, cause well, like, you also don't want to be like, Hey guy, like duck. I'm trying yeah, to look like, at a get photo. Get out of the way. I'm messing <laughs> with my photos. Right. But it's still like, you know, it's things like that, that kind of like, pull you out of the believable reality of the experience, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how they um, kind of solve that. Cause like one of the, I, I think it was another MKBH. I watched a shitload of his videos on this. Like he puts one outside in the parking lot as part mm-hmm. of like a demo of how well it like locks on to where you put things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he walks out, so he like leaves his desk, walks outside, puts it in the parking lot, walks back inside and then when he looks out the window the it's still where it should be but it's like rendering on top of the window instead of like looking out the window and seeing it in the parking lot i guess Hmm. yeah interesting so um yeah i don't know i'm still interested in it still want to try one i i think everyone that's curious about it should just schedule a demo time and do it i mean like yeah you you might as well i mean i'm almost more more interested in than me having one of my own um i care about seeing where this thing goes like that's what's so fascinating to me is like what's going to happen with this thing is it going to change a lot of stuff or is it going to become a weird niche thing or or what um which you can never really like predict that sort of thing you know yeah yeah no exactly so i don't Um, know so with all that whatever third or fourth podcast in a row that we focused mostly on me talking about the vision i mean i don't know Pro. it's like it's like the cool new thing right like I, it is it is it is I, I and i just think it's interesting so hopefully those people listening do too um we got some emails to get to oh, and yeah. uh let's do it i actually because uh we missed last week and uh connor from seafoam gaming has um emailed into us a bunch but he sent us a big long email and was really curious to hear what we thought about it and then we didn't end up recording and he was super bummed so i told him i'd give him his own segment this is connor's corner we're gonna read um the email from last week it was actually from uh last thursday and so it's kind of interesting because it was talking about an event coming up that has already happened so now we can talk about the aftermath too and there's a follow-up email for that so I don't know how much you were following with the Xbox drama that just happened much at well, all I or mean, not at all. Would you call it drama? I mean, I don't know. It's well, let's read this email. So sure. 
This is from Connor. Hello again. Another week of me being hyper busy, juggling my full-time job and my usual reviews on my site, but I have a burning topic for the week that I think will fit in sort of with your acquisition talk a few episodes ago. You'd probably mention this anyway, but uh, the Xbox whole third-party rumor that's going around and being all crazy. As an Xbox main this gen, making my Series X my first Xbox and loving it for backwards compatibility and making stuff run great, I'm not too bothered by it, honestly. Like, even if the Xbox stopped making systems and games today, I'd have so much to play for decades to come. But holy heckin' frick, even with me off of Twitter, the radiation from the reactions there can be felt all over the place. Have you guys seen the mayhem going on? And then he links to a Kotaku article called The Church of Xbox is Going Through Its Own Armageddon. And so, like, just cliff notes, really, is that a couple statements, a couple rumors popped up, and then a couple vague statements from, like, Phil Spencer and stuff set off a wildfire of speculation that people thought Microsoft was going to get out of the hardware business and that Xbox was going to essentially do what Sega did so many years, decades ago and go third-party publishing, just making games for every, all the other systems. And, um, you know, that meant that, like, all these exclusives like Starfield and stuff were going to go to PlayStation 5 and maybe even Switch and whatever. And um, people lost their shit in a really crazy way over oh, it. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll link to this Kotaku article in the podcast notes if you hadn't seen it, but it's pretty wild. Um, so anyway, Connor continues like, holy shit, just skim to the quoted Xbox fans losing their minds about this and getting so parasocial to the point of insanity. My friend joined some Tim dog dudes, Twitter space and was laughing his ass off at how this grown ass adult was arguing with people on a voice call for hours and being mad because Starfield may just end up on a PS five system, even though it's been on PC since launch as have most Xbox things since last decade. That was the main reason I didn't even want an Xbox, because if I wanted a first-party game, I could just buy it on Steam. The only yeah. exception was Rare Replay, which was the first thing I downloaded on my Series X anyhow. But even still, I was kind of shocked by how the console war still rages on social media, and I sincerely hoped it was all parody. It was not. The Holy War is going to ramp up, and I'm both curious and terrified of how they're going to lose it if MS ends up fully exiting the hardware space or licenses their library out. Personally, I don't care as long as more people get to play the games, as long as you don't kill our digital purchases slash physical games from working in the process. Sincerely, Connor from Seafoam Gaming. That was a week ago, Connor, writing in. And so um, I, I largely, if I hadn't been following this at all until the Xbox thing happened yesterday, I was like, oh, there's an Xbox thing. And like, what's this kerfuffle? And then I looked into it a little bit and was like, oh my God. <laughs> and yeah, so... I, I caught the um, the crust of this drama yeah. just noped out really quick because like right i don't know what's, what's amazing to me is that like um i i understand the you know someone that lived through the as, as you did you know, lived through mm -hmm. the sega and nintendo console war right there mm -hmm. was like a little bit of kind of like weird vested interest in that because like typically you only had one right so you had to mm -hmm. like there was a, a lot of like well of course i have the good one like i can't possibly yeah. have the bad one so like yeah you know, I, I need to be a, a vigilant Super Nintendo defender because like, right. of course, I don't want to play the Sega Genesis games. Like why would yeah. it was like this weird sort of like sour grapesy kind of. Uh, but then, you know, you go to a friend's house of Sega and it's like, oh, this this rules Stick. too. like, you know, Sonic. Yeah, totally. Um, but but there is just like that kind of like vested interest of I, I don't know, just and then nothing to do either because the Internet right. didn't exist. You you know, we're in school all day, which was boring as shit. Then sat on the the bus, which was also boring. And you yeah, know, you had you needed something to talk about. So like the right. the console war stuff, at least among my friends group, was like just the topic of the eternal topic. In fact, right? Yeah. Um, 
but but now like it's it's bizarre to me to see this sort of mentality persisting like in the world of adults that could just like <laughs> buy both <laughs> yeah you know and like i i just like genuinely like, do not understand like where this like flaming uh loyalty for these platforms comes from it's like it's wild man and i i, I think i've mentioned before that i'm i'm almost completely off twitter but I, i'll have to go on twitter to post stories from touch arcade and like inevitably i'll see this trending sidebar oh yeah and if there's a trending topic i'll be like <laughs> okay i'm too curious you know they get me um but anytime there's something like gaming related or whatever and i click into it i'm always like blown away and before even this drama started i've i've thought this before i've just been like dude you'll go on and there's like people whose entire twitter persona and their whole lifestyle is built around being hardcore playstation or hardcore xbox people dude who cares and, uh, like... it, it's baffling to me because you're right you're adults and like how is this a thing but they're also like so toxic about it like oh these ps soy boys and you know whatever like these xbox crybabies and blah 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 just like so weird um to give a shit right like who cares like it's kind of made sense when you were 10 years old i guess and like you were saying like you didn't have much else to talk about or whatever but it's just so much more <laughs> i mean i guess uh, you could argue that's also the case with twitter is just fucking don't have anything better to that's do. true you don't but it's so much more compounded because some big popular person says something like this and then there's a million people who are like yeah fuck xbox or fuck yeah, sony yeah. or whatever and it's just like dude who cares like who cares yeah like for me something I, this badly i jumped on the uh the xbox train this time around just because like i could get one you know like the fuck for the longest time like you couldn't buy a ps5 if you wanted to yeah and i wasn't gonna pay some too. jackass on facebook marketplace like 500 over retail to yeah you know get a console like that's yeah. so and then in the time that's passed it's just kind of been like well a few playstation games have come out on steam and i've played them on my pc or on my yeah you know steam deck and that yeah. kind of removed a lot of the urgency for me to buy a PS5. He's just like, yeah. all right, well, the, these big games will eventually be somewhere else. And yeah, I'm in yeah, no I've, hurry I've to never, play them. It's totally fine. I've, and... I haven't been a PlayStation person since PS2 because I didn't buy a PS3 or 4 or 5. And um, it's not like I never like wanted one, but it's just sort of like a time and money consideration. And I was... The Xbox ecosystem has really kept me with them. And also you know all my friends played halo you know so like you know i wanted the xbox that played halo for most of the time but um really like the backwards compatibility and the xbox live uh experience was just always so much better than sony yeah I, until I recently think, well that's uh, yeah I, I gravitated towards xbox really for no reason beyond like my friends had X xboxes yeah. and they were right. on xbox live and so i just got that yeah. and but if i had had the money and the time and was playing games like i used to kind of in my 20s i guess I would have bought a, a PlayStation system just for the exclusives, right? Sure. Like just so yeah, I could play through not? the God of War games or whatever. Um, and like you said, nowadays, it's like I'm able to go back and do that because um, PS3 emulation is really good. <laughs> yeah. But also because they make a lot of those games available on Steam now. And it's like, okay, cool. Like if I want to go back and play those, like I have options without having to fork over yeah. 500 bucks for a console. Well, also, it, you know, to me, it seems like it, 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 playing these games when they first come out is like the worst time to play them most that of the too. time because yeah. it's like you're spending the most money, you're getting the least amount of content and everything else. Whereas like, uh, you know, whatever this new God of War is that's on the PS5, Ragnarok, I think is the one. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know, whatever one. I mean, it looks cool. 
Mm-hmm. But I'll just get the fucking Game of the Year edition. It's got all the DLC right. and everything else on sale for like 40 bucks in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I got tons of shit to play between now and then. It's, it's no big true. deal. It's true. Uh, so, but the one but anyway. thing, did, did you realize that the P, so as part of all this kerfuffle, um, I, I don't like with how wound up people were getting, I thought mm-hmm. this was like a, a neck and neck kind of thing, or PS5 even was like selling worse than the Xbox or like mm. whatever else. And it was like a dominance play from Microsoft. It seemed like yeah. some of these people were looking to do it. The fucking yeah. PS5 is outselling the new Xbox three to one. Yeah, it's it's a runaway success over the <laughs> Xbox. Like it's no yeah, question. Which is wild. Which is it's fine. And like, you know, I don't think Microsoft really cares that much because I think they're playing a different game that's not unit sold. Um, because they have Game Pass and all that good stuff. And and to be fair, so so here's the follow-up email from Connor. It says Xbox reveal is oh my god, just like I thought, just platform expansion. You mean my X series Xbox Series X did not blow up and Sony did not make games $80 overnight, like the Xbox diehards were insisting. Heaven forbid more people play their games. I still found the whole roller coaster wild, and I hope you guys did too. Um, in my opinion, that business update could have easily been a tweet. Sincerely, Connor. Yeah, I totally could have. Um, yeah. So yeah, the 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 end result of all this is as Xbox did their little live event thing, which wasn't even consumer focused, really. They called it a business update, which was sort yeah, of like, like plans for hardware and, and their software gaming business. Yeah. yeah. But um, the big exclusives are not going multi-platform. They did announce like Hi-Fi Rush and a couple other you know, like mid-tier games, I guess you could say, are going to go to Switch and I, Hi-Fi Rush is already on Switch, uh, so PlayStation. See, and I thought the big one something. was Sea of Thieves, but that game's been out forever. Oh, sea of Thieves, yeah, been around forever. And like, why is that a bad thing? Something that's multiplayer focused, having more audience to play with or or whatever. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah I, it wasn't like a huge deal. It was 2018 was when Sea of Thieves was released. Yeah, that's wild. So like. Six years later, okay, it's it's going to be on other platforms. Great, who cares? But like, also, if it was Starfield or if it was Gears of War or whatever, like, who cares? I would be stoked if Sony people could be like, oh, cool, I can play these Gears of Wars games now. Like, that's rad. Starfield is like, I don't know, who even cares about Starfield? But like, you know, I, I would be stoked for, I don't really like platform-specific <laughs> exclusives. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather everyone play everything and just play on the console you want and that's it so um i would not even be butthurt if if all the rumors were true but it was just like so funny to watch the reactions of people that were like okay well i you know the last 10 years has been covering xbox on my website but it looks like i'm not gonna be able to do that anymore i'm just gonna have to bow out of the (laughs) xbox game and i'm not sure what i'm gonna do guys but you know like just this weird overly exaggerated doom and gloom over the whole Mm -hmm. thing um just perpetuated by like Mm -hmm. people's own weird assumptions you know like um so yeah the whole thing is definitely comical i'm glad i wasn't following it since last week because i would have probably like fried my brain on all this dumb stuff <laughs> i'm glad i just found out about it yesterday so yeah it's it's um, bewildering how people behave surrounding these kind of things but <laughs> i guess the, the one thing that i was a little surprised about was um how they kind of like doubled down on how game pass is an xbox thing Mm-hmm. Cause like, yeah, what I, what I would have put money on, on this whole announcement was them being like, um, yeah, there's going to be a few Xboxes on other platforms, but the only way you can play them is with your game pass subscription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that would have been, seems like it would have been smart. 
but um i don't know yeah let's see what uh yeah so i didn't watch the xbox thing um i just sort of caught snippets from it but um apparently uh mac rumors caught on to this or actually via the verge but um microsoft came out and said they're not going to do an xbox cloud gaming app on ios because there's no way to monetize it basically mm -hmm. and um i thought that was kind of interesting too because they apple just relaxed their rules to allow this sort of thing to happen and everyone sort of assumed and even based on things phil spencer has said last year it seemed like a done deal that they're going to do a game pass app um, or a cloud gaming app and now it sounds like they're not which i think is kind of weird but I also wouldn't be surprised if there just wasn't a lot of traction with this sort of thing. I don't hear about a lot of people playing cloud gaming on their phones. You know what I mean? Well, just um, that I mean, like we've talked about, it's just kind of like a mediocre experience, you know, like, and, well, it's sort of a chicken egg thing. Cause if it was an awesome experience with a native app, maybe way more people would use it. Maybe way people, yeah. people would subscribe just to use it on their phones. You know what I mean? So kind of puzzling. They wouldn't just try it. I think. Um, yeah, there's part of me kind of like wonders with this. So if you notice um, a lot of the language surrounding um, the whole announcement of them not bothering with the cloud gaming app was like really throwing their hands up in the air and being like, yeah, I don't know that, you know, the EU didn't go far enough. There's really nothing we can do. And it really makes me wonder if like everyone is not just kind of like twisting the knife as hard as they can on Apple right now. Yeah. Even though like I, I feel like the 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 monetization of a specific app on this is not super relevant because like it would be for your existing game pass subscribers to like get more engaged in the ecosystem which like generally right. speaking should always be good yeah and it seems it would seem to be very difficult for me to believe that the ios app specifically would be this large driver for like new subscribers or revenue or yeah anything surrounding that so I, I this really to me just vibes like oh yeah geez it sucks that you didn't go farther because uh, <clears throat> uh we totally i think you're totally yeah if i think did, you're totally but, right we you know. do it but we can't have third-party app stores or whatever yeah, yeah i think yeah, you're totally yeah. right um so it'll be because, interesting yeah, to see like who else joins that dog pile right because yeah, like <laughs> everybody i'm sure yeah but like it you know the bullet point of of being like you can natively have a native app to play your cloud gaming on your iOS devices as a bullet point to sell people on game pass, I think is worth whatever price it costs to do the app. But well, um, so did you see the other, there's another aspect of this where um, <clears throat> as part of this, Apple got rid of the, um, what is it? The progressive web app stuff. Oh, as no. well is, is no longer a thing. So can you not use cloud gaming through the browser like you could before? I so I, 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 I just I just caught this. Yeah. So so in the European Union, hmm. as part of this law or hmm. the this regulation, they're getting rid of progressive web apps because of the requirement to allow different browser engines. Uh... They can no longer have, you know, quote unquote secure. Uh -huh. digital web apps anymore so oops we got to get rid of that huh. there's just I, I i don't know like like to me it just seems like huh. apple is gearing up for this the like the craziest fight imaginable yeah, yeah. like creating the situation where i don't know how they think that like the european union is not going to come back and be like you guys are fucking around on purpose here. yeah 
Stop monkey pawing everybody. Like, yeah, it's like you you understand what we're trying to get done here with this legislation. Yeah. Like you understand the spirit of the 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 regulation. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you doing this kind of thing? Yeah. You know. Well, I enjoy me some good malicious compliance. So I mean, I guess, but I, and I'm just, happy I, it's happening in a different country than mine. <laughs> I guess what let him figure I it find, out over there. What I find to be puzzling about this is like why. I feel like if I were in Apple's situation, I would want to like lead with strength and come up with like understand what it is that they're looking for with, you know, this Digital Markets Act. Like I'm, I'm like kind of like a a low level sort of like this is the intent of the law kind of thing. Like maybe this isn't like exactly what it says or whatever, but like mm -hmm. this is clearly like what they're trying to solve for here. And then lead from strength and design a system that's compliant with that, that also, you know, still kind of puts them in the driver's seat in some way, as opposed to like, all this malicious compliance that it feels like they're doing is ultimately likely going to end up with like the European union designing how this needs to work. Right. Yeah. Which is never going to be as good as like, all right, we understand what you guys want to do. Like here's, here's the solution that we came up with that we think is going to make everyone happy. It's like, we've talked about, I guess, years ago now when this all started coming up where Apple should have been thinking about this a long time ago and figuring out a way to do it their way to begin with to skirt mm -hmm. around all this stuff because you don't want people that don't understand it making the regulations around it right um, right and they didn't so you know i don't know it's it's frustrating i i don't i don't think that and, and the other thing that's just bewildering to me is like you know you think back it wasn't wasn't that long ago like apple in the 90s was like you know like if you use an apple computer it was like saying you like listen to punk music you know it was like oh cool right. like totally um and now it's like Apple is like the evil empire that like the European Union is fighting against. You know, it's just like what? It's hard to hard to kind of imagine going back in time and like sending yourself a snapshot of some of these news stories yeah. of like Apple is now so big that they're just like fighting with Europe about like how their <laughs> phone is going to work. And it's like there's no way this is going to be the situation that we'll be in. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll see <sighs> how it shakes out. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. I think we're buttoned up against time. I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. Do you? Um, I don't know. I'm just excited to see what comes to this Xbox stuff, I guess. Now that, you know, so here's the question for you is, mm. is Sony mm. going to, I guess, I don't know. I guess they don't have a lot of reason to, but like, is Sony going to start releasing their games on Xbox? Mm. Like, they're, no. but specifically <laughs> like their older games, you know, like, like whatever the CFDs mm -hmm. analog would be, which is just kind of like, mm old legacy back catalog stuff that's you know like really multiplayer centric that um maybe i mean i guess i, I don't think... know what that game would be no and i think like um you know them releasing on their games on steam which is new like within the last like four years i want to say that they started releasing mm -hmm. games on steam or, or, or being more serious about it um mm -hmm. i don't see them going past that um at least not with like i mean god of war is like that's a playstation brand right like sure, that's yeah it, as much as halo is i would say so you know just in the same way that i wouldn't expect halo to be on playstation i wouldn't expect something like god of war to be on xbox but then again yeah but at the same PC. time we're like we're like entering this weird time where like you know when you when you throw like games as a service into the mix yeah like at some point it's like, hey man, like we want as many people playing this, you know, subscribing to it, whatever as possible. Like we don't give a shit if they're playing on, 
you know, stream through a smart TV, you know, locally on a PlayStation five or yeah, whatever else, if they're just playing our stuff and engaging with the community and spending money in our games, like, yeah, you know, what, what do we care what platform? They're I, I don't think Sony on. has a big, um, like hand in the games as a service pot. Really? <laughs> um, I don't think that's their big like interest. I think they're more into normal single player type games and stuff. But I do think that it would be a smart move to be like, hey, here's an Xbox disc with the God of War HD trilogy on it, and it's 30 bucks. And uh, by the way, the new God of War is, or not God of uh, yeah, God of War. Yeah. Years of War, God of War. But yeah, the, you know, and then being like, hey, the brand new, super sick new ones are on PlayStation 5. You should go get yeah. those to finish the story or whatever. Like, that's not, that's just good marketing, I think. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know we'll see yeah yeah i just i don't know like you know when you when you mentioned like it's not like they would put halo on playstation i mean like yeah but they have halo yeah. infinite that's like run as a service that's probably going to run for a decade or more right yeah so right. what do they care if people are playing on the xbox or playing on the playstation i mean they're just spending money in the game like that money all spends the same for them like i don't well microsoft has very clearly been like uh your games, wherever you want to play them, your mm -hmm. iOS device, your PC, your Xbox, they're all, the you know, what's, what's a PlayStation then? You know what I mean? Besides yeah. just a box that plays games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I it's... see them way more likely to do something like that than Sony doing it with PlayStation. Yeah. I don't know. It's just that the interesting thing to me about these announcements always are uh, trying to figure out like, like, so there definitely is like the Xbox and Microsoft games plan for the next 10 years that they, that they know internally mm -hmm. and are working towards some end state, which likely involves game pass, I would right. imagine. Right. Um, and then there's like what they have to tell like capital G gamers publicly. Yeah. Because this is the, these kind of reactions are the reactions that they get, you know, like, yeah, totally. like, the, like Bill Spencer could never in a million years, like, like go in um, on a podcast or whatever and be like, yeah, you know, inside of 10 years, like we don't see, uh individual game purchases is a thing anymore like you know digital media is going away and all these stores like you're probably not gonna be able to buy a disc pretty soon so <laughs> in the future like everything's just going to be on game pass we're not going to really bother with yeah. individual game sales which yeah. like you know in 10 years from now might be the most fucking realistic thing imaginable and not controversial yeah. at all and just sort of like the natural end state for where all these different subscription things are are heading yeah. But can you imagine suggesting that now? Like people would lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Well, there was something like that when the first um was it the Xbox One that had to be it was supposed to only have to be online mm -hmm. all the time and people like lost their shit over that or whatever. And nowadays I feel like that you could get away with that more now than you could 10 years ago. But um yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Cuz cuz I think like to me <clears throat> Maybe it's my opinion, but I feel like if we're inevitably trending towards a future where you already saw it on this generation of consoles where like, you know, a lot of some of them don't even have a fucking disk drive, right? Yeah. Totally. So how much longer are you going to be able to buy a disk? Um, at which point, like, does it really matter if you're actually buying the software versus just like subscribing for it? Like, yeah. I, you know, the, all these all these things to me just like logically kind of like linked together over the next like five or 10 years or so. And I'll be interested yeah. to see you. And then you, you get to that state and it's like, well, why do we care if we, if people are playing this on our hardware, like who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. They're paying us 30 bucks a month or whatever. Like let them do whatever yeah. they want with it. That's fine. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. everything runs in the cloud in 10 years. It's all stadia. Yeah, I don't know. It's so I don't know. I, th I think we have interesting times ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. I, I think uh, it's just interesting to see kind of like the waters getting muddied when it comes to these kind of like what used to be very, very hardcore lines in the sand between like what different mm -hmm. platforms did or games they had or whatever. But I mean, I guess you could say, say this has been happening for a while with like the Sega stuff, you know, like if yeah. you if you would have gone back in time, I don't know, 20 years ago or whatever, and suggested that like Sega would be a fart in the wind and they just let anyone mm. use Sonic in any way that they really want to, <laughs> including like Mario and Sonic right. Olympics on Nintendo platforms, yeah. you'd be like, no fucking way. Yeah. But now it's just That's like, true. yeah, of course you can play Sonic anywhere. Like, why couldn't you like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it seems inevitable that, you know, who knows? Things will be different. But Well, kids that grow up, that are much younger than us growing up around games probably don't give a shit about things like this the same no. way we do. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Like, because they're, they aren't used to it, but, um, okay. Yeah. Let's wrap things up. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but thanks to all our Patreons or our patrons on Patreon who have been helping support us along the way. Uh, that includes Connor frequent emailer, Connor, who has his own segment now. Uh, became a patron patron of Patreon. So thank you. Um, if you want to check that out, it's patreon.com forward slash touch arcade. And uh, you can also help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Um, we would like more emails, podcast at toucharcade.com. We like getting emails and it always leads to really good discussion. So feel free to send those in. Don't be shy. Uh, with all that out of the way, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Touch Arcade Show. See ya.